0: Being human is hard. Being in relationships with other humans is even harder. People are complex. We have differences, we argue, we just plain disagree, even with people we love. If you've ever felt the ache of relational tension, turn up the volume. Today's bonus episode is a special recording of a chapter from our newest book, Come Sit With Me. Authored by 26 Encourage writers, Come Sit With Me will help you grow closer to God and others. Directly through the circumstances you'd rather run from. Listen now as one of our writers shares her raw story of real hope.
1: How to Deal with Toxic People, written and read by Bonnie Gray. Michelle was a friend from high school. She was always nice to me, sharing her lunch and inviting me to her house after school to study. While we had a great friendship as teenagers, The dynamics changed once we grew up and became moms. Whenever I'd mention feeling overwhelmed with motherhood, like how the laundry was piling up, she'd make comments like, That's because you let laundry pile up. You wait until the weekend when it's a big pile, and it becomes a big chore. I do my laundry in small loads throughout the week. If you did that, your kids wouldn't have to hunt for socks in the morning. I was surprised my friend even remembered my chaotic sock incident from a few weeks earlier. I laughed it off in a self-effacing manner and scolded myself. Stop being so sensitive. She's just being helpful. Our phone calls left me feeling less than. Our conversations came to focus more on how I could be doing something better, and she'd end up giving me unsolicited advice. I felt increasing stress each time we talked, But I didn't know what to say. I was afraid of conflict. I was afraid of losing her friendship. A similar thing started happening in my relationship with Laura, a ministry leader I served alongside. She'd been complimentary of my leadership and even initiated having coffee together so she could quote-unquote mentor me. I felt grateful someone wanted to invest time into me. Our get-together started out encouraging. But over time, Laura began making judgments that left me feeling confused and unsure of myself. She'd say things like, I think you may not be trusting God in this, and you're not standing in the truth. Even though I didn't agree with her, she was very authoritative, and I didn't know how to disagree. I wanted to be gracious. Because Laura and I were serving together, I wanted to keep the peace. I didn't want to accuse her of being judgmental. But how do you extricate yourself from someone who makes you feel unduly guilty and yet is in a position of influence? In both these situations, I asked God to change these women and to change me. Lord, help me to stop feeling bad about myself and to have more grace. But no matter how hard I prayed, I still felt increasingly anxious in these relationships. What I didn't realize at the time is that these people were emotionally toxic. If their comments were taken out of context, nothing they said appeared glaringly wrong or inaccurate or abusive. But I found myself filled with anxiety after each interaction with them. Over time... I learned that one cause of anxiety and depression is hiding how we feel for fear of being rejected or gaslighted. Gaslighting happens when someone manipulates you into questioning your reality or invalidates your experiences, views, or feelings as being wrong, too sensitive, or imagined. God wasn't answering my prayers to change these women— or to change how I was feeling, because God wanted me to face the truth. These relationships were toxic to my well-being. I needed to change my boundaries. I needed to learn to speak up and have a voice. I needed to prioritize my well-being so I could be free to experience the peace and joy God intends for each of us as His beloved children. Each time I pushed away my feelings because I was afraid of conflict, afraid of disapproval, or afraid of losing a friendship, I became invisible. I was not living by faith. I was living in fear. Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, CSB. I began to read that scripture passage in a new light and apply it to the toxic and dysfunctional relationships in my life. I was exhausted from the weight of feeling responsible for other people's negative feelings. I heard Jesus gently asking, What if you stopped carrying the burden of making sure no one is upset with you? Nothing made me more uncomfortable than the idea of someone being upset with me, disappointed in me, or disapproving of me but the gentle voice of the shepherd whispered that he cared more about my emotional and spiritual wellness than my comfort. He cared more about my freedom than maintaining appearances for the sake of a toxic friendship. So I began to ask myself two questions. If I am being uncomfortably honest, one, what relationship or relationships in my life is toxic and why? And two, what do I need to say or do to move that relationship towards a healthier place? Lord, help me to be more honest than I'm comfortable with. This became a prayer God placed on my heart, and it did not go away until I acted on it. Come sit with me and learn together. Asking these questions led me on a life changing journey to reevaluate the coping mechanisms I developed over the years. To survive growing up in a dysfunctional family, I internalized every abusive word and took on the role of caretaker and peacemaker, no matter the personal cost. I believed it was up to me to make sure everyone was okay. This was my duty. But God was on a quest to dismantle my own toxic beliefs and the coping mechanisms that no longer protected me. God was now empowering me to grow in my faith and to heal in ways I never knew were possible. God never meant for us to carry the burden of changing other people's minds about us. He never meant for us to be responsible for other people's emotional baggage, sin, and wounds. I had to learn to create healthy boundaries, and I had to ask God for courage to speak the truth to the toxic people in my life. This wasn't easy for me. Maybe it's not easy for you either. My father left when I was seven. I didn't have an earthly, loving father who gave me permission to be honest. My mother was not a loving person. She was verbally and emotionally abusive, always making me question my choices and putting me in a double bind. It was always either her way or the highway. My mother's way of controlling me was to make me feel guilty, So that in order to prove my love to her i had to do x y and z but i have a loving heavenly father who is rewriting those scripts because of jesus i don't have to stay stuck in the painful and destructive patterns of my past jesus welcomes us just as we are he loves us unconditionally whether we are happy or angry sad or cheerful, worried or carefree. Jesus meets us where we are and invites us to a new life with Him. Jesus meets us where we are and invites us to a new life in Him. On my healing journey, I recognize all the ways I repeated the long-ingrained unhealthy pattern of trying to appease toxic people. I incorrectly believed that if only I could love them and care for them more or be kinder to them, then they would stop being toxic. But toxic people exploit the desire to keep the peace and the fear of rejection. You can't change another person, but you can learn healthy ways to handle hard relationships. Here are five tips for coping with toxic people. 1. Don't stay silent. You matter. Tell someone about the toxic person in your life. It is not your job to protect the toxic person who has hurt you. You need to protect yourself. You are worthy to be loved. The first step to protecting yourself is to speak the truth. You've tried with all your might to protect that person who's wounding Or has wounded you. But suffering in silence is not what our loving Savior wants for you. As I write books, speak to women, and share my story of breaking free from toxic relationships to be God's beloved daughter, I'm often asked, but if I speak up about my fill-in-the-blank mom, dad, husband, children, pastor, church leader, girlfriend, mommy friend, ex-boyfriend, ex-spouse. Won't it reflect badly on them? I don't know how to share without making them look bad. It's normal to have a fear of shame and to not want others to think you have a bad marriage, bad children, bad ministry, bad family, and so on. In response, I say, I care about you. Jesus cares about you. He cares about your well-being. God does not want you to hurt anymore. You are God's beloved daughter. Two, create boundaries. Even if you feel guilty, it does not mean you are guilty. The toxic person wants to exert control over the narrative of your relationship and life through their words or behavior. When you create boundaries... They will become upset and say things to make you feel guilty in order to keep you within the box of your fears, inaction, and silence. Just because a toxic person accuses you of being uncaring, overly sensitive, or selfish does not make it true. You do not need to justify your boundaries. You have freedom to set boundaries to protect your well-being. 3. Enlist support and role-play conversations. Being assertive and speaking up for yourself with a toxic person is a new, odd, and scary experience if you've never been given permission to do so. Not sure what to say or where to start? That's okay. Don't be shy to ask a loving friend to help you write a script and role-play the boundaries conversation with you. We all need practice and support in creating new patterns of relating. That's what I had to do. 4. Limit the time you spend with toxic people. People who are emotionally toxic are very good at intimidation, manipulation, and gaslighting, so be gentle with yourself. It is easy to feel confused, anxious, and scared, or to freeze up when you engage with a toxic person. So limit the time you spend with them. When conversations get overwhelming, stick to stating what they did or said, how it makes you feel, and what action you will take, and the changes you will make. Do not ask the toxic person for permission to enact these changes. You are not seeking agreement. You are communicating your boundaries. 5. Grieve the death of Of expectations and dreams. I had to grieve the death of my expectations and dreams for the ideal friend, mentor, and mom I longed for, so I could grow into the daughter of a loving heavenly father. Jesus said, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John chapter 8, verse 32, CSB. It's important to God that we trust Him with the truth, even if it hurts. We experience a powerful rest when we give God the burdens we were never meant to carry. People sometimes ask me if I've forgiven my mother for the decades of verbal and emotional abuse. I have done the hard work of grieving and healing. I have forgiven my mother. She was my whole life, and I love her more than anyone may understand. While forgiveness takes one person, reconciliation takes two. Loving our parent, spouse, friend, mentor, or pastor does not mean open borders to toxicity, fear, intimidation, or manipulation. We can begin to make different choices that are healthy for ourselves and that break old hurtful patterns. We can stop being enablers for hurtful people in our lives so that they, too, can face the truth of their brokenness with God.
0: We hope today's story has encouraged your heart and made you feel less alone in the messy business of being human. Let's keep sitting and learning together. Our new book, Come Sit With Me, How to Delight in Differences, Love Through Disagreements, and Live with Discomfort, is now available. Get your copy today at dayspring.com or wherever books are sold.